0: what is up what's up people week 12 sigma we're here uh trouble in the royal family everyone but there's no trouble here we're all friends um yeah so all-star is just finished uh a lot of us stayed up last night had a day off so that was very lucky that is the problem with being a british basketball fan and something that probably will never change but oh well got a got a grind on did uh did we all enjoy all-star all good
1: absolutely we did see
0: Good. yeah Probably
1: Yeah, deb- to till
0: Yeah, definitely rough very rough considering they all jammed it jam packed it into one evening but yeah went pretty good but we're going to talk about that later now what do we do on the sixth man we talk about two divisions and we are going to talk about the southeast first and we're going to go we're going to keep it in a home base and a home team and we're going to start off where we actually covered some breaking news that happened last week, and we're going to talk about it in further detail. We're going to head to the place that, you know, doesn't stop. Covid hasn't shut it down. Things are still running, as usual. Ah, it's the Atlanta Hawks. Wally, Absolutely.
2: take it away. Yeah, which is a scary thought when we, we host the All-Star weekend. Um, but uh, <laughs> hey-ho, it seem to be a, a good success. Yeah, we had uh, two and zero this week. Um, those are the first two games where we had Nate McMillan running the show uh, instead of Lloyd Pierce, as quietly said. Yeah, we obviously covered that last week. Um, Yeah, two games. One against the Heat, Uh, Trey always likes to uh, get hot in the fourth against the Heat and uh, kill (laughs) those wins. Thank you very much, (laughs) Bray. And then uh, taking the win against uh, Orlando as well. Uh, Yeah. Well, a few days after Lloyd uh, Pierce got, um, got fired, there was a, a piece that came out um, in The Athletic, I think, which was basically breaking down about how none of the young guys on the team, which is a lot of people, weren't very keen um, on Lloyd Pierce as a, as a coach. Which, yeah, that's a bit tough. Um, you know, sort of like to see anybody get slandered too much when you know they put the time in and stuff. But... Uh, as a result, we're now 2-0 and o, um, now that we've got Met Millen, there's definitely going to be like this sort of honeymoon period where, um, you know, everything is all good and, and guys are playing strong.
0: Yeah, so um, if if nobody knows, uh, Lloyd Pierce got fired last week and we obviously broke the news thanks to Ed's uh, notification of Bleacher going off, which is really interesting. Um, he is 2-0 this week, which yep. is... How ironic is that, you know, the team's not doing so well. They win a couple of games and, you know, it's suddenly all sorted. Now we're talking about, you know, you finding a permanent replacement. Wildy, do you think that could be Nate McMillan? I've seen other potential candidates. You've got Becky Hammond uh, or David Vanderpool, who obviously was famously snubbed for the Timberwolves job uh, from Dame and CJ's outcry. Who would you like to see going forward? Who do you think potentially we're missing out someone or am I missing someone?
2: Um, no, I mean, not, not to my knowledge. I think that you covered um, some good people there in terms of potential guys to step up. It's ultimately, I mean, obviously Nate has been there the whole time as the assistant coach. So how much of the dislike towards uh, Lloyd Pierce has, you know, trickled into Nate McMillan and um, he is obviously part of that staff. So whether Nate was somebody the guys liked more um, you know, remains to be seen. Really, but ultimately, it's going to come down to who Trey, who Trey wants. Um, really, um, things with John is just constantly on the rumor mill. So, how much they're going to want to listen to him is, you know, is, is neither here or there. Really, um, at the moment, one of the teams that sort of on the rumor mill is the Timberwolves, which is a bit of a bummer because we're not going to get back cap for him, and it's like I don't want anyone else from there. I think the problem is. John and I'm sort of obviously going off the, off track here a little bit is that he is getting more and more obviously he doesn't want to play with us and we I feel like we're not going to get back what we deserve from him but the problem is we can't do nothing because then he'll just leave anyway and then we get nothing at all so it's a bit of a rock and hard place uh <laughs> situation um but one of the things with Trey I just wanted to say in terms of his like shot selection has been really uh, has been way better. He's still taking like deep range uh, threes, um, but he's doing it in the fourth. Um, he's not doing it as early in the shot clock, so he's surveying the floor a lot better. Um, and once teams are playing off of him, the the scouting report must must be that hey he's coming down and pulling up after the first few seconds. Then he'll he'll settle into the offence and they'll run something normal. Now they seem to be stepping off of him for some reason. So later on in the shot clock, he has a much, much clearer uh, shot at it and it's just working a lot better because it's making defences work harder than him just running down and jacking it up in the first yeah, seven seconds of an offence.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that was really evident, evident in the Heat game. He hit two really deep threes in yeah. the fourth and then if you look in the Magic game, that was a very back-and-forth game. And Tony Snell actually hit a huge shot for you guys in the corner. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, wow, where is this guy come from? Um, yeah, and then Trey obviously <laughs> hits the game-winning three throws. And, you know, Magic, I think it was Terence Ross, he misses the game-winning floater. So you guys survived yeah. on that one. But a win's a win.
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I don't think Bray liked the, uh, the, <laughs> the mention of Tony Snell. <laughs>
1: Hey, Tony <laughs> Snell's a ball man. He's an old. He's a he's an original ball we drafted him. He's had some dead haircuts over the years, but he's an NBA player, man. Don't be. He's not a who he pay for, guy.
3: Tony Snell's a baller.
2: Oh okay. yeah. Oh, I mis- misread your face there. I uh, I, I agree. I <laughs> thought you were uh, you weren't liking the shout out.
0: <laughs> well. It's going to be interesting to see who you guys get in full time, but hopefully the Hawks can continue on this trajectory anyway of recent form. Another team which has sort of turned around their season, to be honest, and since we last spoke about them, they're they're in the playoff race, is the Washington Wizards. So, Lancashire Lambir, talk to me about the nation's capital. What's
4: going on there? Yeah, the Wizards have turned it around there. Uh, One for one this week. However, overall, um, they've won 14, lost 20. But it's the last 10 games where they've really shown that. They've won seven of the last 10. um, And they're now really in that chasing pack to really challenge for that playing spot and maybe even that eighth place and finish out right in the top eight. But to be honest, top 10 is all that matters, really, if they uh, win both of those playing games. Um, So, yeah, uh, this week, loss against the Grizzlies. I'll take that. Um, since they're a team within my GM and uh, a great win against the Clippers winning by two points Um, Bradley Beal scored 33 points Westbrook very close to a triple double and yeah uh, Westbrook is someone who as obviously at the start of the season everyone was slandering him a bit including me um, seems to be someone who's just chasing stats and something that I found interesting and I actually had a look. He's got 10 triple doubles a season. His first five, the Wizards lost all of those games. His most recent five, the Wizards has won all of them. So it seems to me that whatever he's doing, it's having much more of an effect on how the team's playing and they're getting those results. And it's, it's, it's paying off.
0: Let's talk about Ross. His stat line, always really good. 20 points per game. 9.7 rebounds a game, 9.8 assists per game. He's averaging 4.8 turnovers per game and his shooting splits, 42% from field goal, 29% from free and wow, 58% from the line.
4: I mean, what, what stands out from you there? There's a lot going on there. There's a lot. Then the, the one that stands out to me is obviously that 58% from the line. He's he's a guy who's shot about 80% from the line in his career and all of a sudden it's just dropped off out of nowhere. Um I can't put my finger on it why. But um yeah, he's he's obviously averaged a triple double in what in his last three seasons at um OKC. Had mm-hmm. took a little one year off in Houston, and he looks like he could well do it again this year. Um, based on his current performances. So, and it's having an effect on the team, like I said. And another thing that I want to talk about with the Wizards, in in these last 10 games that they've won seven of them, they haven't beaten Mugs either. They've beat the Nuggets twice. They've beat the Blazers, the Lakers, the split two games of the Clips. Um, they're actually the only three defeats were against the Clippers, my Grizzlies, and a one-point loss to the Celtics, in which mm. they kind of... Threw that game away. Um, Bradley Beal was unfortunate to slip and fall out of bounds, and Tatum gets a layup right at the end. So it could have been, end. it could a have wild. been even better. Yeah,
0: Matt, that's a great point because that West road trip, they went three and one on the road, and you've seen teams who are supposed to be top tier. Philly went one and three. We've really struggled, so that's really encouraging for the Wizards. Yeah. So, like you said, seven and three in the last ten. Let, let's make a predict, prediction here. The Wizards are currently two games out of the playoff spot. Are they making the playoffs?
4: Um, I think they'll probably finish. They'll be they'll be they'll be in at least tenth. I think. So they'll be they'll be they'll be with they'll be in the playing tournament.
0: But Do That's you think prediction. they they win that playing tournament? Do you think they end up? In the final seedings.
4: At the end of the day, they only have to win two games, don't they? To get in that to get into mm. the playoffs. They only have yep. to win two games on the bounce. And yeah, literally the point that you just made, like they can go and win those games against the big teams. So mm. there's no reason why they can't go to a I don't know a Miami or something if they're in sixth or seventh or something and, and get a win or, or yeah this <laughs> Like Bray's looking like that, but I'm not. I'm not wrong. Yeah, and he knows I, mean, I disagree, wrong. but you well, get to that
0: later. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Wizards have turned it around, so that's really good. And the fact, of Bradley Bill, I know we always talk about him moving team. They're getting some wins. He's staying put. It's definitely, it's definitely interesting, interesting plot. Let's head out to Charlotte. Who are one and one this week? They're seventeen and eighteen overall. They are also another team within that cluster of playoff seasons in the East. There is so much going on there. Uh, Jordan, how you feeling?
3: Um, Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Like you said, there's a lot going on in the East. There's some saucy battles towards that end, towards the playing tournament. But yeah, one and one this week. Um, overall, five and five in the last ten. So it's been. Been a bit of a tricky one for them. It's been very up and down with the games, like win one, lose one straight after. So it's been shaky on uh, that point overall. Um, With that, their overall record now stands at 17 and 18. So they've made up quite a bit of ground uh, since we last spoke about them. And now with that made up ground, um, they've actually pushed themselves up to the seventh position which is great news, which I'm extremely happy about. Um, But unfortunately, on their part, with the current run of win-loss, win-loss, they're not quite at that 500 percentage which they're looking for. They've missed out on those opportunities there. Um, But yeah, there's been fun stories coming out of there, of course. The Mellow breaking record after record and, like, records which I don't even know existed as records. But yeah, he's he's still coming out with them. Um of course they also he also got that nickname Airbnb with bridges. Like like, that. which which I loved. I, absolutely I like that.
0: that Did you hear like, what Michael Jordan said?
3: Yeah. What yeah,
0: uh that is exceeded it the expectations. They're playing that yeah. out of proportion.
3: Exactly. And I yeah. feel like um Michael Jordan's really happy because I remember back when he drafted him, everyone was like, What is Michael Jordan doing? He's terrible <laughs> at drafting. He shouldn't be a owner.
0: These we all know he's terrible at, terrible at drafting. Right. He's <laughs> struck out. He's struck out so many times. And that,
4: that, that made it personal for of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, George, um, I'm gonna switch this up and talk about the Hornets and the Clutch. So interesting fact. Fact is that they are 11-5 and when the score is within five points and there's under five minutes to play. Uh, We talk about Scary Terry. They've got a lot of guys who can get you a bucket. But if you were the coach, if you were Borrega, who are you going to in the clutch? Who are you giving the ball to?
3: Um, In my mind, like, you've already said his name. Like, so far, uh, stats-wise, Scary Terry has proven, I think, he's, like, the most proficient performer on their team especially um let me reword that sorry (laughs) um he's a really proficient performer on their team um especially in the final moments of the game that's when he seems to kick it into a completely new gear and you can see it on the highlights game after game i can't remember which game it was but he uh, managed to score that fadeaway three in the corner, which was absolutely insane. Can you remember who, who, who they played against? It was and the I
0: know field. exactly the shot you're talking about. The game yeah. winner right in front of the opposing bench, which I love. Yeah, That's
3: exactly. Great. Absolutely <laughs> insane. So he, he seems to turn it up into that next level. I mean, based on performances, I think uh, with uh, LaMelo there and obviously Graham's out, um, I think the coach has obviously made that right decision In um, even though I feel his hand was slightly forced with the injuries, but putting Melo in that starting position and have um, Rosier kind of play off more in that um, supporting role, finding the spaces and actually finishing those shots in t- instead of uh, more of that playmaker role.
0: Yeah, and a nod to that um in that portland game we are going to talk about it Joel, because that's another one of your teams but uh, there was the battle of the mellows where mellow went crazy in the fourth and was like hold on young fella okay <laughs> let me tell you who the real mellow is so that was really cool to see they swapped jerseys i love i love to see that because there's a lot of there's a lot of slander going on about the old guys like hating the new guys and you just want to see them sort of just get on like appreciate each that. other
2: yeah yeah that. yeah
0: yeah that'd be interesting our fourth team in this division we are going to talk about is again another home team not too good but i will say this at least you had a player in the all-star game you know at least there's that much going for for the orlando magic uh he didn't have the best of game on sunday but we will talk about that later ed how is it in disneyland
5: so uh, i'm actually repping a uh, letters today so dsp which st- obviously stands for dwight shack and penny that's obviously what dsp stands for um so orlando isn't looking too good uh last <laughs> time we spoke they were 10 and 18 and now they're 12 and 23 so a lovely 2 and 5 uh, seven game time period and two and uh, oh and two this week which is again just love to see it um during that time period, they split some games against the Pistons, which uh, Wildy spoke about uh, last week. Um, they beat the Warriors, but then also lost to the Hornets. Oh, the Hawks, sorry, which again, Wildy spoke about. Uh, I did want to mention that in the Warriors game, Vooch did go 30 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, and zero turnovers. Um, wow. And, yeah. Like that. You, you, you have to see those sort of things. But it's, again, few and far beyond... Um, And it seems like I'm on repeat, but the injuries is the killer and the kicker. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams did come back from a lengthy injury and that's when we went on a little run, we are on a three, four game win streak. And that's because he was our only point guard. Because I mentioned before, we had Aaron Gordon playing point guard and signing guys off 10 day contracts. Um, So yeah, Michael Carter-Williams did come back and had some, in the past eight games. So I did the calculations in the past eight games since he's been back in the starting unit. He is uh, 37% from... 37% 37% from three, four, which is pretty good for him, I would say. 43 from two, and he's averaging 12, four and a half, six assists, and only one turnover a game, which is pretty pretty decent considering what Orlando what has had to work with the whole year. Um, so, yeah, not, not been too great. Uh, I think now it's actually tanking time for Orlando. I think they realised they sort of can't carry on where they are right now. There's no sort of light at the end of the tunnel for this year particularly. Um, so it may have to be watching a lot of March Madness for the scouts.
0: Yeah, with that stick on the injuries, one of your guys who's been a bit in and out of the lineup is Evan Fournier. So you guys are ten and eleven when he plays, but you're three and twelve when he doesn't. Is it a sense of you're taking him for granted?
5: So going into this is Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier's contract year. So. Part of the reason why I wanted to draft him in fancy, which I then now up picking him up, was is a contract year. Um, but he's been dealing with back spasm, so he's been in and out of the lineup for quite a while. And when he does play, it's an outlet for Vooch so when Vooch does get double teamed, Fournier does get the ball. Fournier has scored a lot when Vooch has done well as well because there's just so much less defensive pressure on him and he's on um, outside of Vooch he's our most reliable shooter which tells you all you need to know. And um, Terence Ross can be streaky I mean that's with most six men they tend to be a bit streaky can go hot and cold at times um, but Fournier is a bit more reliable and he, he can create a shot uh, for the past five or six years or from the majority of them, I've been watching the Magic. Fournier has been Magic. The, the Orlando's closer at the end of the game, the ball goes to him, and he he tries to make something. Which, yeah, I mean, he's cool, but I think he's just overqualified for his role, which is not his fault. Um, so then the question becomes about trading him. But then the issue of trading him is that how long will he stay on that team for? Will he resign? I'm not sure how much teams would will be willing to give up. Um, he he could be a great piece. He, he he's a great shooter. Um, definitely a lot of teams could use him but I'm not sure how much they'll be willing to give up it's a massive risk isn't it as well like you said he's in a contract year
0: so they only get him for half a season they really need to be productive during that point that's really it's a really good point that you made
5: yeah the injuries now as well because the back spasms he had it for a little while he was better then just got it again and that's also a big big question mark especially if you're going for half the year
0: hmm Speak on the the trade rumor mill. Uh, let's continue on that because, as Bray says, the team's bad. Talk about trading. So uh, yeah.
5: So Orlando do you have a quote unquote core of five players. So you've got well, as much as you like them or not. It's Markel, Markel Fultz, uh, Cole Anthony, Trumo Kiki, uh, Jonathan Isaac, and Mo Bamba. Those are our sort of so to speak five core players. Everyone else is either older or isn't necessarily part of Orlando's future. Now that includes bench players and role players, but it also includes players who've been starters for the past five or six years. That means Aaron Gordon. That means Vucevic. That means Terence Ross. These could be players' potentially on the trade block. Now, the biggest rumours have come for Vucevic and for Fournier and a little bit of Gordon. Gordon always seems to be like on the trade block. I always see Timberwolves always linked with him. You always see Portland linked with him for CJ McCollum. That's always the, the basic trade always thrown out there. With Vucevic, uh, I saw the Hornets and Celtics are very interested in him, but both of them is, will they have the assets. And if they do bring in a young piece, let's say it is Devontae Graham. Well, that's where Jonathan Isaac plays. And part of the issue is that Jonathan Isaac has been playing three because Aaron Gordon plays the four. Um, that doesn't necessarily help. Um, would they want a guard? Well, if they do get a guard, that means Colin Anthony will potentially then become a bench player and then it will be faults and whoever that guard will be. So, I mean, you sort of got a call, but then you don't because you do want best. The players, and it seems like Orlando are charging a hard bargain. And part of the conversation is if they do trade with Celtic with the Celtics, yes, Celtics will love it and they'll send us a first round pick. But then that first round pick is going to be 25th, 26th, 27th. Um, which I mean, it's not in the NFL where you can get a lot of good picks in later rounds, the NBA. It tends to be very top heavy once you get past a lot of risk, it's a bit of meh hit and miss players. Um, so how much is it worth to Orlando? It's I don't know, I, I don't really know how they're going to approach it.
0: Do you think, um, just give me a short answer on this. Do you think V, Beach is a, a magic player at the end of the season?
5: Uh, yes and part of it is the conversation coming out is that they still believe that uh, Vooch will still have a lot of value for the young players because it'll make the game easier for them and it'll be a great leader to them um, if a team is willing to give up two first round picks and another core young player to, for Vooch fair play the geezer's 30 and still got two years left on his contract so all right that's fine with me John, uh, John Collins? He's, he's been a servant pardon? <laughs> John, John Collins? <laughs>
3: No, he's
5: uh, I, th- I, th- I think Aaron Gordon's actually a good comparison for him. Um, and I'd rather, rather Aaron Gordon to be fair because I-, I think on- Orlando tends to be a team based on defense as well. And I think Gordon's much better on defensive end than John Collins is.
1: John Collins is, I, I reckon, John Collins has got a way bigger upside than Aaron Gordon. I agree, offensively,
5: yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. right. I-, yeah. I like him a lot more. I mean, I-, I-, I think that's good, that'd be a good trade. I think if it was there for for Orlando um, to, yeah. to get something like that because you know the other alternative is if you hold on too long franchise centres tend to walk out you've got a little bit of experience there
5: Um, uh, the thing that is, like, it, it doesn't it doesn't help the forward position because Jonathan Isaac should be and is a four but then I mean he's injured half the time so don't really know where he is and he we've been playing Isaac and Gordon together and they don't neither one of them is a reliable three-point shooter no.
1: how big is Isaac?
5: Six ten, six eleven, and his wingspan is ridiculous, like 7'5", or something center. like that. That's
1: a small ball centre, easily.
5: But he's very lanky and skinny. I'm not sure how... He can defend, but having to defend those sort of centres full-time is tricky.
1: And that's yeah, what Mo no Bamba's
5: there for. That's what we got Mo no yeah. Bamba.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I suppose, how, how many teams have a dominant centre? Like, four? Orlando. <laughs> Me. Yeah, we do. Like,
0: we there's do. not that many of them. Everyone else is <laughs> yeah. just
3: playing like... that, that. Is fair. Um, <laughs> it, he's not in the same league, boy. <laughs> um... <laughs> I love <laughs> <that>. barbecue <laughs> chicken. Barbecue
5: <laughs> chicken. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's let's see what Orlando do. Let's see what they do. Ho- hopefully, we get Cade. We'll trade. We'll trade up for Cade. Cade, can yeah. come come join the magic.
1: You might get him anyway.
5: Uh, True say, yeah. Especially because so. Townsend's back and I'm not sure how the teams lower down are going to do.
0: I, I think the Timberwolves are locked into that. And we oh, are actually, talk about the
5: Timberwolves sorry, there. I forgot about the Pistons. <laughs> I forgot about the Pistons. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. yeah. This show won't let me forget.
1: But at the bottom, though, those odds are really flat. It doesn't matter whether you're the worst team, the second worst team or the third worst team, you've got the same odds.
0: Yeah, I d- I don't think Magic will be in those bottom three. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. Let's let's head to the last team in this division, and that is the Miami Heat, who are still at five hundred. Um, I think. Well, they they've crawled their way back up. Um, I think maybe they were just below it. So your your prediction, Bray, was was just off, wasn't it? I think what? you was you were saying about five hundred, and now they are at five hundred. and Now they're looking to really branch, to separate themselves into that. The upper echelon tier of these teams in Miami. So talk to me what's going on in Miami.
1: Yeah. So um, as you alluded to, I was a little bit off. I, I think I said it would be a really difficult difficult job for them to claw their way back to 500 by the All Star break, but they've done it. And um, they are my ray of sunshine and teams I get to talk about. And um, I would like everyone to take notice. It's not by much, but they are the best team in this division. Like it's it's by it's by half a game, but they are the best.
5: Yep. Oh, sorry, it The happened. division is really disappointing. The,
1: the balls are are not as good as them. Yeah, so let me. I'll, I'll take that this week. We'll, we'll take the small wins where we can. Um, they are seven and three in their last ten games. Um, Jimmy Butler has been playing a lot more, which is what you like. They're fourteen and eight with him, and uh, yeah, um, I think if Jimmy had played more games, he would be an all star. He's been averaging 28, 8, and 2. Um, he's just stacking it. Like, and if he's an all-star, like they have a better record. If he if he plays more, they have a better record. And you could say even bands having an all-star, all-star year. I think it's just the fact their record was middling was what was holding them back there. So um they've got a really, really key couple of guys um, at the top. And I'm I'm happy with how they're looking going into uh, the second half of the season. <clears throat>
0: God, do I miss Jimmy Butler? Well, and and also, he's a massive... He's, he has such a big effect on this team because since he returned in January 28, six uh, other Heat players are averaging over more than 10 points per game. So, Bray, who, which player is most effective when Jimmy is on, on the court? You know, which who takes their game to the next level when Jimmy's on the floor?
1: So, for me... It's Duncan Robinson. And the reason for that is that everyone knows about Duncan Robinson now. Last year, no one knew. No one knew that he was such a good shooter. So he was just walking in to all of these easy, open, three-point attempts every game. Now everyone knows. They chase him around like they do to people like Steph, like they do to people like J.J. Reddick. I mean, really, really difficult um, for him to get off a shot when Jimmy Butler's not on the floor, it means the other team's primary wing defender is defending Duncan Robinson because Bam Bam needs a bigger guy on him normally. Um, and it just makes it really difficult. And like he is a focal point of a lot of their offense. They run a lot of handoffs and pin downs with him. So um, when Jimmy's on the floor, it means that he's got a lesser defender on him. There is another threat on the floor. And, and you know, probably you would you is very easy to argue a much bigger threat and it means he's getting way easier looks um and you know he's averaging 12 points on the season um he needs to he needs to be doing better than that um so the heat um the one thing that they've struggled with is sometimes they can't score consistently so they split that those games with the hawks the first one they scored like 120 points the second one they caught score 80. like can't be scoring 80 points in this league. Like, that's just not going to work. Um, they need a, 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 a consistent scorer. They've got Bam and Jimmy who are averaging 20, which is not massive. Like, 20 points is is fine. Um, and they've got three guys averaging 15 in Hero, Nunn and Dragic. And then they've got two guys in Robinson and Alinic Olen- hovering around that kind of 10, 12-point mark. And they need, one, they need one of those lesser guys to step up. They need an extra, you know, five... 10 points out of someone Um, and you know I think if Robinson can get those looks um, I think he's a prime candidate for that.
0: I read a really interesting article which was talking about the Harden saga over the past two months and the Heat were really close to getting a deal done where they were essentially sending away that young core that really did well for them last year with Hero, Robinson and all those pieces. And I just, I thought to myself, like, you know, there's so much what ifs in the league, you know, what if Harden is is, is playing in Miami right now? Yeah, just hypothetically. I don't know. What, what, what do you think, Bray? Would well, it work? I mean,
1: you, you, see, you see what he's doing. Like, he's, he's basically a point guard now. Obviously, they would have sent away, um, you know, maybe Hero and Um and, yeah, I think it would have like, – he would have been playing point guard in Miami. Him and Bam would have been vibing. Um, Jimmy would have been dogging it out. Like, that's a big three. Like, they, they would mm. be probably sat where the Brooklyn Nets are right now. Um, and one of the reasons that the, I picked up the Rockets is one of my teams is because I know James Harden is a walking playoffer. So, um, yeah, I just I just was, was, was hoping that they could uh, maybe work things out. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, I mean, I still like the team as it is. I think they definitely do have like either they need to see someone step up in a big way in literally the next week and go, Actually, we think we'll bet on our own core, or um, they need to make a move and add someone who's gonna uh, bring some more scoring to the table, move some of those contracts like a good dollar. Um, who is you know not not he's he's bringing a lot defensively but but not very much on offense at all um, so that, that's kind of a key contract you could look to look to move there's probably a lot of teams who who would look at that and say oh actually yeah we'd like to have that coming off our books
0: so that wraps up the southeast for or did you want to say something one
2: i was just gonna say in talking about what ifs right one of the most interesting things would be Jimmy Butler and James Harden, and if they would just Jimmy Butler would just end up strangling James Harden after two weeks of him not rotating properly on defense, and do you know, I just think that would be—I'd yeah. have some serious questions about how they coexist.
0: Yeah, and also Pat Riley would not be letting James Harden be going to the strip clubs. <laughs> he would—he would be on that.
1: But look look at look at how deferential Harden has been to accommodate the insanity that is Kyrie Irving. Like he's yeah, he's we'll literally just been like, yeah, happen. Kyrie's like he's exactly. been so accommodating. He was but, like that first week he was in Brooklyn, he just didn't shoot. He was letting Kyrie shoot like twice the number of shots he won. It was. It's like, what the fuck is going on? This is James Harden. Like, and he basically was like, I'm gonna buy into this situation because obviously. When he's having a strop and going to strip clubs, he hasn't had success. So maybe I think I think that Heat culture would have would have done something for him. I think Jimmy Jimmy's leadership would have done something for him in the same way that Harden is kind of, you know, turning back the clock almost with working
3: with uh, Durant and uh, Kyrie. It's the sage. It calmed him down a bit. That's all mm-hmm.
5: I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh... we need to do some sage before the podcast. <laughs>
3: come here james (laughs) hartman and
0: and he and he also walked in with a stick yesterday but we're going to get on with that uh stop Stop. right so that that wraps up southeast uh take a short break and then we're going to head to the northwest right let's head to the northwest and if you remember three weeks ago
5: here we fucking go god this
0: man said (laughs) that he he didn't like being at the bottom so I put him at the top, and for good reason, and I'll tell you why. Because the Denver Nuggets are actually rolling right now. They went 3-0 and last week. They're 21-15 overalls. So, uh, respect where it's due. And Jokic, MVP candidate, legit. So, Lancashire Lambir, talk to me about those Nugs.
4: Yes, the Nuggets. Jokic, um, all-star. Didn't really do too much, but that doesn't matter. Um, so they're obviously 3-0 and this week, and now sixth and are comfortable. 6th in the west and um, actually only half a game behind portland so it's pretty much just them and portland just tap, just you know just jostling it out for fifth and sixth so a dec- that's the base i don't think they're ever going to finish lower than that it's just how high they can finish now um for the rest of the season but yeah these last three wins of late um a great win against the bulls 118 to 112 Jokic, um, 39 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists. Incredible. And then, shout out Michael Porter Jr. as well, 17 points, 15 rebounds in that game too. And then they absolutely demolished the books in the next game, 128 to 97. Like, it's not often that you're going to see the books get absolutely whacked like that. Jokic gets 37 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. His 50th triple-double. Um. He's the fastest centre to get to 50 triple-doubles in NBA history. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's the third quickest player of all time to get to 50 triple-doubles. Oh, um, so, right. yeah, he's he's an, he's an absolute machine and he's having an unbelievable season. And then they go and beat the Pacers, 113-103, to 103, um, in which the likes of Jokic and Murray, actually, I think, were negative. And they were minus two or minus three. And It was actually the bench that probably won them that game. Like Dozier, I think I think finished plus thirty one. Nadji, I don't know if I, I think that's how he pronounce his name. He was like a plus I sixteen. See, yeah. So yeah, that that was a game. Even like the the games are a little bit tighter. They're still managing to grind out those wins. And since they lost three games on the bounce versus the Kings, uh, the Lakers, the Kings, and the Bucks at the start of Feb, and um, they've since then won eight of the last twelve. And Two of those defeats have been against my wizards, so they're even losing against the right teams. So it's, <laughs> it, it, they're doing great right now.
0: Yeah, Jokic is is a man on a mission, and I I just love his play. Like it's almost like he gets to his spot, and there's nothing you can do about it because he's got such a high arcing shot, and um, the way he's finding his teammates, he's he's playing really well. But there's another guy. Uh, who we've sort of forgotten about, and we're talking about getting consistency and and rekindling his form. Well, Jamal Murray, in the the last 10 games, he's averaging 30 points per game, five assists, 4.5 rebounds, and 1.5 steals. He's also got a shooting split of 57% from field goal, 50% from free, and he's also shooting 92% from the line. So are we seeing a return of Bubble Murray, is what I'm going to call it, Bubble Murray?
4: Yeah, I actually had a look into those stats too and another thing that I noticed in that, which was a bit interesting was he's actually having um, one more turnover per game in the last 10 games than he is versus like the rest of the season and he's shooting four more shots from the field and two more from, the, from behind the arc, so he's taking a bit more risks, he's playing with a bit more confidence, which is probably why he's found this great run of form and if Murray can play with that confidence and continue that for the rest of the season. You've got Michael Porter Jr. well as well, mm-hmm. if he finds form. And obviously Jokic is playing at this elite level and he has been for God knows how long. The Nuggets don't sleep on them. They've got a good base to, to, again, go far in the playoffs. There's no reason why a Lakers drop off again or the Clippers, casual choke as usual, that the nuggets can go and get to that western conference finals again and maybe even the finals if with a bit of luck
0: well we all know what to do to inspire jim or murray and that's you know it wasn't the, the girlfriend
5: you know oh, yeah. don't break that yeah. oh.
0: <laughs> That's he went off because he knew that if he got to the next round he could his girlfriend could come yeah. you know. <laughs> but yeah he's being aggressive that's great that's a low blow that's a low blow it's um He's being he's being aggressive he's taking more risk he has to do that he's the second best player on that team and if they're gonna go anywhere he needs to he needs to be performing at that bubble standard and Michael Porter Jr. like you said kudos to him he's stepping up he's being that player that they think he can be um you potentially might see that out of RJ Hampton who was another still it seems like nuggets go after these type of players who are sort of like a, a high risk high reward so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, nuggets are rolling. Quick,
5: quick question. Um, I mean, it's not part of it, but I just interested. What's happening with Bobo? Is he getting much time? Like, what's happening with him?
0: That is a good question.
5: I have not heard. I've not oh, really Bobo. seen anything about.
4: Um he's he's oh, he's played 15 games. That's not that many. He's just not in the rotation. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like one game yeah. off. It's like one game playing like three or four games off by the looks of it.
5: Yeah. That's some sort of load management.
4: Carly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it's like taco Four. Maybe you just need to set um set him loose, man. Mm. Let let the boy play. Like because also if I'm Celtics just quickly, I'm letting Taco Four. If like, you know, if nothing's working, just put him on. Let's see what happens. I yeah. mean,
1: look, the second half of the season. We're about to see some weird, like, we're about to see like seven guys you've never heard of, be the only players available for some of these games. It's about to get, about to get, about to get weird, isn't it?
0: Let's move from a team who has been rolling to a team that has not gained any momentum whatsoever. They have been at a standstill for the whole season. They're 0 2 this week, um, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Bray. So, only seven wins this season.
1: The, o- the only team um, to uh, not get 10 wins in the league, which is, no you know, good. Um, and uh, this week, they passed a historic milestone. They are the, um, the... They have the worst winning percentage of any American professional franchise. Um, uh, like me... Who did they sure. surpass? Huh? Do you know who uh, they support? The, who,
5: who, the um, who just won the Super Bowl? Oh, Tampa Bay, yes. Yeah. Tampa Bay but, had ta- an awful so record. So Tampa
1: are just above them overall as a franchise. Um, and they've got, got two fun.
5: Super Bowls, and they've yeah. got two Super Bowls in their history. Yeah. Wow.
1: Um. So yeah, madness. Um. They are. They are in dire straits. Their season has never really started um, because Kat's been injured. D'Lo has been injured. Um, They fired their coach because it wasn't working. And now, as a result of the misdemeanor, which we talked about last time, Malik Beasley does now have a 12-game suspension. That one's going to hurt the old pocket. Um, But it's bad news for the Timberwolves because not only is their defense worse than Team Durant. um, What... Their defence is so bad. Oh. It's not. It's not. Is that statistically? It's not statistically. It, oh, it's okay. okay. But honestly, they play defence like you saw in that All-Star game. So, yeah. Um, they can't score without Malik Beasley. Like, he he, he scores. He, he doesn't know how to put the ball in the basket. I'll we'll give him that. Um, so, yeah, they're going to struggle um, with him being out. And they don't really have anything. Um, yeah. yeah it's, but... it's a bit dire at the moment
0: for Timberwolves fans, if there's any left. Yeah, normally we talk about the team's games, but they haven't been going really well. So I'm actually not going to talk about the games. Maybe next time we cover them, they might have a couple of wins. But let's go a bit left field and let's talk about some Timberwolves news. Now, as you as you guys know, because we talked about it on our, on our group chat, is Kevin Garnett called out the Timberwolves owner on Insta and said that the process of him buying the team was on, uh, was over. He talked about the owner, Glenn Taylor, said that he, his, he was his normal self um, and he was just annoyed that he wasn't allowed to join what he built, meaning because KG spent a long time there, he ended up helping build the franchise. Mm. Should he have a chance to own this team, Brie?
1: Um, I, I think so. So um, for background, Glenn Taylor has been trying to sell this team for, uh, for basically a year now. Um, allegedly, there hasn't been much interest because of COVID. Um, also, I think probably the Timberwolves are one of the worst franchises in the league. So, I mean, they're still a, they're still an NBA franchise, so you would hope that people want to buy them. And then for KG to partner up with a couple of billionaires and come in to submit a bid, I'd be jumping at that. If you're trying to get rid of this team, like surely you get rid of it to someone who you know, who's loves it. done so much and is such a big face and will be yeah. so invested in, in running the team. Now, you know, it might be, a, it, we'll see what comes out. It might be a case that the numbers didn't make sense um, because obviously KG, as wealthy as he is, um is is going to be partnering with some people um, as part of a group to buy this. And as is often the case, um, there are very few people like, uh, you know, Steve Ballmer, for example, in the world who can afford to just go and, slap down of the positive for an NBA team. So um yeah it might it might be a case of that. Um but I, I'm disappointed personally. I love KG. Like mm. oh, he's just such a cool guy. Um so intense. He's so well known like it's one the sort of person he is a one of one. Like you you don't get someone like KG around um both you know mentally and also what, what he did on the court. So um, it's disappointing. Um, I hope that they, they get an owner change. I hope it's someone who's willing to come in, spend money and overhaul the way they're being run because obviously we can see it's not working.
0: Great point. Also for any listeners out there, go watch Jimmy Kibble's interview with KG best 12 minutes you'll you'll ever get such a good, feel good interview he talks about his book which will be coming out and i'll hopefully get it on audiobook because listening to kg just talk about whatever yeah sign me up sign me up let's head let's talk about another team who are 500 this week they went one and one and they're a team considering their lack of depth within their roster is actually having a pretty good season uh, 15 and 21 overall and that is the okc thunder you take it away
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, massively overperformed uh, for what even the owners thought they would do, to be honest. Um, they just got a really nice young call um, and they all really, you know, they give a crap and, you know, they want to play well. Um, so, I mean, they, you yeah, know, lost to the Mavs. Mavs didn't have Luca, So a bit of a weird result there. Uh, Porzingis had a good game on them. And unfortunately, they weren't able to just, they weren't able to score enough um, against the Mavs in order to pull that win out. Um, unfortunately, but had um, a really nice bounce back win against the Spurs. Um, SGA uh, got 33 points and eight assists, um, and they were down um, in the fourth to come back and win that. So um, SGA just continues to prove himself. Um, really like that kid. Um, and also, big Lou Dort fan. And Mike Muscala, 18 minutes, baby, on the Spurs. Woo!
0: You're, you're <laughs> going to start a Lou Dort fan club. You love, love Lou Dort.
2: I love Lou Dort. Dort and I love Mike Muscala. Both both are good games, get Spurs.
0: <laughs> Mike, Mike Muscala gets my stat line of the week, oh, nice. like you said. He did, yes, he got it. He got it because, I've got to give him credit, right? 18 points, seven rebounds in 23 minutes. I've, I'm just going to, I'm rewarding that. Um, yeah. You know, he, sure. he's, he's been a surprise spot, but in that Spurs game, let's not mistake, Shea won in that game. And that's a, that's a tough yeah. that's a tough place to win uh, in San Antonio on the road. And I think the fund actually have a better record on the road than they do at home, which is really interesting and shows a lot of yeah. resolve within their team. Um Wally, I actually want to talk something about the team in general. So a couple of insights about the Thunder is that they ranked sixth defensively in February, and now they're 13th overall. So they've really um, improved that side of the ball. And then yeah. you've also got um, the Thunder are eight and four against other teams, which are actually below 500. So okay. the similar teams that we projected them to be up against. What surprises you more, the fact that like, they're doing well really defensively or they're beating the teams that they should be beating around them?
2: Um, what surprises me more uh, is the defence. I definitely think that the potential was always there for it when you have somebody like an Al Horford who um, isn't a very athletic guy, but he's very big. So his basketball IQ on the defensive end is really good. So as long as the young guys are listening to him, I think they, were, they always had that potential Um, to be better defensively than people might have had them ranked. Um, Also, being a young team as well, you would assume that they would have a lot more holes. Um, But honestly, um, yeah, I I think that's a bigger surprise. In terms of the other point, um, given the kind of personalities that they have on the team, um, it's, not, it, it's it's not as surprising that they're beating teams that they should be beating basically because um, they have a good closer. They know who they are basically. Um, SGA is the main man. He leads them in majority of their categories. He has the ball at the end of the game so um, and at the other end of the floor, everyone works their tail off on defense. They're, they're, you know they're, they're, in terms of my six teams, they're, they're in like my top three to watch them. I've really've taken to these guys.
0: Nice man. Yeah, they, I, the thing that I love about them is they're challenging what the the expectation is of them, and they're not they're not going to make the playoffs. Let's be real here, but the fact that they're putting up quality wins just puts them in good stead when they put those draft picks to use um, and moving forward within their future. And you, like like we all know, Sam Presti is going to have a lot of seats um, at the drafts for for many years to come.
4: Exactly. He's just going to
0: be there by himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh I've just realised so we had Bray had a win this week last week and it never happened before and it's happened again the House of Elves Ed has gone 0-4 <laughs> this week the Utah Jazz the best team in the league went 0-2 this week Ed what's happening is, is it crumbling is, is um, House Lasky is the castle coming down
5: Last time I checked, we're all top on everything. So yeah, it's just for us, it's just <laughs> nothing. Just...
0: Oh, your modesty doesn't never surprises me. Anyway, let's talk about the jazz.
5: Uh, yes. So the boys down there in Salt Lake City, the ones who got stabbed for the All Star picks, which was a bit of a flaky response from LeBron. But uh, I mean...
0: how do you how do you feel about that? Did that? I mean, it's not your team, but you know, did it did it hurt?
5: So I spoke to Alice, Alex about this over the weekend. And obviously when I was watching the draft, there was only one thing I cared about, and that's, that Vooch wasn't picked last, which was great because he wasn't, he was picked fourth from last. So it's kind of good he wasn't picked last. So he got a bit more respect. But low key, part of, me, part of me thinks is with NBA beef, I don't know what's still on and off. And I don't know if KD and Kendrick Perkins do still have a beef, but anytime you watch Kendrick Perkins talk about Voochovic, you know he just absolutely butchers the name. And I feel sometimes he's got no idea what he's talking about. So I think maybe KD just picked Vooch in spite of perkins to show that he could pronounce his name but anyway that's just my mini theory on it which doesn't really matter um but from a utah perspective i really i'm hoping that both really gobert and donovan mitchell are really motivated motivated by this and take it personally that's what i really hope but mm. and i was saying to alex i hope that donovan mitchell can turn into black widow spider mitchell instead of just spider mitchell that can really take up another gear I don't think he is I don't think he will take it that sort of way. I mean, you saw he was pissed off again in the Philly game, but after that he was all cool with Embiid and was that sort of ah, oh, you know, it's fine, like whatever. He was pissed off at the rest, but he was cool with Embiid, which I, I don't know. I'd like him to to have that bit of edge. Um that's 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 what I'm hoping will happen with Utah. And even the All-Star weekend, I mean it was all happy and ha ha ha. But I'm just hoping that Utah can get a killer instinct,
0: which I you would you want him to be an
5: arsehole. You know, what, exactly. the, what
0: the greats do, what the greats do, yeah.
5: Um but then saying that, Utah are still top five in offensive, defensive rating. They're still an absolute monster and a team to watch out for in the playoffs, hopefully. So last time we spoke, they were 22-5, and five, now they're 27-9. and nine, So still don't have double-digit losses yet. Um, they went 5-4, and four, but as Alex said, 0-2 in the last week. And some of those games, they split games against the 76ers and the Clippers. Uh, but they had losses against the Heat and the Pelicans, but did beat the Lakers. So a couple positive games, a couple less so. One, one thing I did read, actually, the other day was it's against the Heat. Utah allowed the least amount of shots within the paint and three. So they allow the most shots from the two-point range, which is in the day of analytics, that's what you want to achieve. And part of the reason why Miami beat uh, Utah is because they were 55% from the mid-range, and that was the key to then getting that victory. So Utah do a very, very good job of running players off the three-point line. But then if you do do that, if you do go towards the paint, you know there's that French key, so there in the middle who's going to cause havoc. Mm.
0: I've been speaking with our, our good friend of the pod, Mister Ultra, um, and we're going to throw up a little bit of slander on the on the Jazz's name because I did watch that Philly game, mm-hmm. uh, and it was they're a really tough team to defend. But I feel like they're I think that they're relying too much on the three point shot, and I've got some stats to back it up. And I just want your thoughts on this, Ed. So they're first in the league at three points attempted at forty two point eight, and they're yep. third in three point percentage at just under forty percent. Uh, and they really depend on it and I just think are they going to live and die by the three they've got a lot of people a lot of weapons that can shoot the ball and we've seen that how it can be effective but we can also see remember when uh, the Rockets you know a team that heavily relied on the three-point shot in game seven look at how it went left do you think it's going to be something that goes against them moving forward
5: uh so hold on give me a sec give me a sec so uh, I was just chatting to Donovan there and he was telling me no, no, no. Kind of about their scheme and what was going on. Uh, so uh, Yeah. So when, we, when you mentioned up uh, Utah's three-point shooting, I thought let me have a bit of a deep dive into this. And Utah have got the most percentage of their points from three in the league. So 44% of their points has come from the three-point line. And I was looking at it a bit more. And so there's three teams that have, that 40% of their points come from three. That's Utah, Portland, and Toronto. And I was looking at how, how much of them are assisted because the thinking is that if their high percentage are assisted, they're more ball move, movement, usually an open shooter, rather than if it's less, it feels a bit more ISO. So out of the three, Portland have got the least amount that are assisted. And you can understand that with Dame, he will take a lot of um, threes off the dribble. And Toronto have the most. So 83% of their threes are assisted. So again, Toronto, as you can imagine, a lot of ball movement, kick out to the open guy utah in the middle so 75 percent of their threes are assisted so it's a little bit of iso and it's a little bit of board movement now the reason i say that is because i don't feel they are necessarily too reliant on it you do see the stats and throughout the whole year utah do have the most amount of threes and um you do see that they are reliant on them i do think they do have different levels to their scoring especially in the pick and roll game and i love utah's pick and roll game and the amount of points they can they can cause they can cause because of that i was i was looking at jordan clarkson and he's eighth in the league in points from pick and roll uh pick and roll possessions as the ball handler um, which is really good for him considering the other players that are on that list so i do hope they utilize the pick and roll more because of the ability to have the the ball handlers that they do have Mike conley joe ingles donovan mitchell and rudy gobert as a screener and other players as screeners um and i think that will help wanting to get to the playoffs and the things start to slow down a bit more but this is their hard this is this has been the time when they've come across the most adversity i'd like to see how they bounce back from this and if they change things up what happens thereafter
0: yeah great point about the ball movement let's close out the northwest George? <laughs> time baby he hit down the uh, the game winning shot in the all star game Dame dollar and the portland trailblazers are also rolling they are 3 and 0 this week Look at Geordie so happy. Thank So <laughs> happy. He's, uh, yeah, t- 21 and 14 overall. Uh, so just a smidge ahead of the Nuggets. Jord, um, talk to me about your Blazers.
3: Yeah, man. You you know me, House of O three. 3 Nothing we like more than going 3-0, okay? Well, probably higher than 3-0. But still, you get what I'm trying to say. I get you I get Um you <laughs> So they closed out February um, with uh, four straight losses, and this the, now in March, we're, it seems like they're coming back with vengeance with three straight wins, which of course I'm happy with. Um, it brings their current record to 21 and 14. So since uh, C.J. McCollum has been injured, the Blazers have been 13 and 9. So that was a really good stat, which I was hoping for. Um, as I've mentioned before, I'm usually typically worried for when one of the Blazers' key players goes out that the um, extra effort needs to be placed on Lillard. So it's nice to see um, a pickup from more of the roster, such as Mello and Fernie Simons and Gary Trent Jr. as well, who have really been pulling out for the Blazers, I feel. Um With that, so yeah, it's 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 nice. It's nice, man. It's really nice.
0: Yeah, you you brought up the uh, the squad. Uh, So yeah, since CJ was sidelined, a lot of your players have stepped up. So you've got Gary Trent. He's averaging 17 points per game. Carmelo, 15 points per game, normally off the bench. Uh, Simons, who was in the dunk contest, Uh, boys 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 got hops, Uh, 10 (laughs) points per game. I know you you uh, shouted him out before he got it mm-hmm. uh, went viral with kissing the rim and then yeah. you've got you've got Ennis Canter averaging 13 and 13 um, uh, 13 points 13 rebounds but George, which cj comes back right let's just yeah. talk about this which contribution is the most sustainable moving for, forward like which which would fit easily in like transferable to your normal sighting lineup with nurk with cj
3: oh um so, I think with that, obviously CJ is going to be taking over um, that shooting guard position. And um, I believe, like the replacement lineup, which is the current lineup which are running for starting position, is Lillard, Trent, um, Jones, Covington, and Cantor. Um, so, I think what were the options again, did you say? Sorry?
0: Gary Trent, Mello, Cantor, Simons.
3: Although I really like Simons and I think he is deserving of more of those opportunities, I don't think performance-wise, he is quite there yet for uh the numbers the Blazers are looking for overall to make that significant difference. Um Mello, um Mello again, much love for Mello, but he 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 has proven in the previous games that he can turn back the clock uh, every now and then and drop like 20 or 28-29 like he's done uh, in uh, the Hornets game, which he played against Mellow, the mellow centre as it became. Um, So for me, I think I would be leaning more towards uh, Trent Jr. Um, I think that I'm not sure if that will surprise uh, most people, but for me, I think uh with Trent um his numbers overall have been uh more consistent in terms of the game to game so I think with that um with that mixing uh even though it, I'm not sure like a uh, size wise heart makeup but I think it would overall with the numbers which he's putting up it will work better and it'll have more of that consistency and that consistent flow of performances which we're looking for overall
0: yeah so the Blazers win against the Hornets like you said in the Battle of the Mellows uh, and then Lillard hits a lovely game winner uh, against Steph and the Warriors in that second game and then they beat the Kings which was a close game
3: yes.
0: uh, and Fox tried to mount a comeback but Cantor nuts that line, maybe this was my stat line of the week, he had 22 points, 21 rebounds boy he's an animal why didn't I pick him up on fantasy I'm really
5: <laughs> Just, oh, that's, just first, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just classic Cantor. Yeah,
0: that's just classic Enes Cantor, though. Yeah, classic mm. Cantor. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to speak
5: on the Blazers, George? Anyone else you want to shout?
3: Um. No, like I think. Okay, that, can we not um, talk about?
5: Um, can we talk about Carmelo's no rim game?
3: Yeah.
5: Oh, oh yeah. That was yes. just ridiculous. How I have to guess? Like, yeah.
3: absolutely insane. It was Everyone a, going in. That's
5: the most. Yeah. It was so satisfying to watch. It was just such a pleasant watch.
0: His it's jumper just... is love mm. so. Every nice.
3: time
5: you see those
3: performances from Mellow, like it brings a tear to my eye. Like I'm like <laughs> yes,
4: yes, back the clock
3: memories, childhood memories. I love it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just great to watch, and I I think you really got to love that effort he's put in. And like you mentioned about um, that pod, Alex, where he talks about from where it was hard for him to even like find a team, to see him click so well with the Blazers. I absolutely, I absolutely love. So yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. A note for all you guys, make sure you go check out the Mellow pod uh, with Woj, where he talks about um, his transition and how he's moved on with the Blazers. That's a really good uh, listen, right, here we go. We've wrapped up the two division discussions and we're going to move to the leaderboard where it's been a really positive week uh, for a lot of you, some lots of others. Uh, yeah. uh, right, let's start off with the salt. In fifth place, salt bray. You haven't moved. Uh, 85, 85 and 128. You are, God, you are 39 points. You're literally just below 40. Uh, Your best team is the Boston Celtics, who, like you said, have gone on a little bit of a run, and Minnesota are killing you. Now, Lancashire Lambir, 101 to 110. 48%. That is really good, considering where you were. You have done really well. Your best team is the Denver Nuggets and your worst team is the Cleveland Capitalists. Wildy. well done, bro. You are over the uh the five hundred mark, which is great because you welcome know, to the oh, club. Welcome yeah. to the club. Thank yeah. you.
3: Take Thank a you. seat. Take a
2: seat. <laughs> I, was, I, I was waiting for somebody to chop up. <laughs> yeah you are
0: 107 uh 107 wins to 106 losses is so just just above um but Wadi.
2: I'm like this but water, man. But Wadi,
0: this is really important. We've had a change to the sandwich. It's oh, no Philly cheesesteak. The no, there's Let no Philly it. cheesesteak. Well, it it's, it's a desert burger because it's Phoenix. Phoenix <laughs> and <laughs> Phoenix are at the oh, top. I love it. <laughs> um, they they've got a better record than Philly, which is less crispal. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Second and in the
5: West. Second in Detroit,
0: the West. Yeah, that's madness. That is it so is. good. And uh, also, Monty Williams, shout out to him because they've continued on since the bubble. Mad. Really good. Uh, your worst team is Detroit. As we thought, that is an absolute shambles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> house, house of 03, 54%, 117 wins, 97 losses. Your worst team, the Pelts. Your best team tied are the two-headed dragon of the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers. Jesus. That is, that's worrying. That's, I think that's the two best teams in Ooh, the that,
3: That's scary. That's scary right there. Yeah, but oh, Jordan,
0: I'm, Jordan, I'm to stop you. You don't have those teams locked in. Oh, <laughs> you God. are going to be losing God. on this team. Maybe both. of them. I know. And I think his lead... At the top has trimmed, and we did have a conversation earlier. Ed, you said you are you are a bit worried. I don't know if he's maybe he's just playing into this whole. What a little affair rat, affair to, God! I tell you stuff in confidence,
5: course. and then you go airing out all my laundry. You're all right, say no more, my G. Cool. You go speak to Donovan. You
0: know, <laughs> if so
5: you got any problems, uh, Donovan's in the room. Yo,
0: Quinn. Where
3: you?
0: At? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, Quinn. In your bedroom. That's a bit worried.
1: That's scary, man. That's a horrible. <laughs> film.
0: Um. Yeah. Ed, one, two, three wins, uh, 92 losses. Your best team is the Clips and your worst team is the Magic. It's just easy.
5: ABC, one, two, three is just so easy. We are at the 50% (laughs)
0: mark. I'm not even going to react to that. We're at the 50% (laughs) mark, guys. (laughs) He's gone. He's gone. Um, Yeah, so leaderboard, a little bit of changes. I mean... Really good marks for Lancashire and and one, by one moving. They're moving. They're putting the pressure on. That's what I like to see.
5: Absolutely. Um, games played. Games played are uh, adding up as well. There's only like two difference max or four four games max between all of us. Like there, a lot of games have been caught up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see how this all develops.
0: Um, when we do division discussions next week, we're back with the two most popular. Uh, divisions, good, it comes around so quickly. So, yeah, we'll be talking about Atlantic Pacific um, as we move into the second half of the season where the games really start to matter. So, people, that's right. We're back again at Shoot Your Shot. And there's um, I think there's been a little bit of a showmanship going on. So, I'm really excited to see what's, go- what's going on here. We've got two matchups, as always. The first matchup is House Last the House of 03, the two top teams in the Sick Man versus against. Mr. Silk Bray. So, um, Bray, do you want to take away the first matchup for us?
1: Yeah, so uh, so this week's Shoot Your Shot, um, I was throwing back to the previous decade um, where we have one of the league's great dynasties, the Golden State Warriors, winning three chips in the 2010s. Um, in the 2020s, the Lakers have already got one, but who, which franchise do you think is going to win the most rings in the roaring twenties?
3: Uh, We're going to have Jordan to start, I think. Ready when you're on, mate. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sweet, (laughs) sweet. Cool. Give me that countdown. All right. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so who's it going to be? There's only one right answer to this question, and that's right. Oh, get on the jacket. It's the Brooklyn Nets, okay? I'm saying the Brooklyn Nets will win the most. Now... Some of you are shaking your head at this. The reason why I say the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the average retirement age in the NBA is 36 to 39. That means you'll be losing fairly soon, based on that stat, players such as LeBron, okay? Also in that list, you're losing Lowry. So you're losing a lot of big older players. But who's still still got a couple, like six years on them? That's right, Kevin Durant. At 32 right now, Kyrie Irving 28, and also James Harden's on that list. And guess what? Not only are they still young, they are well, kind of, uh, they are all together in a fine form team ready to take those rings. And that'll do
1: it. He's <sighs> got the props out, I like it very much. It's a compelling argument. Uh, um, he's
0: He's tea
1: cooking. What you got as a rebuttal? Go, go when you're ready.
5: Shit, sorry. L- l- let me get my timer because I don't want to repeat it of last time. Can you count me down, please? Because yeah, right, I-, right. I fucked up Three, on timing last time.
1: Two, one, go.
5: Cool call me Aubrey call me Aubrey because I'm going back to back I'm going for the Phoenix Suns once again now funny enough we just spoke about them so I was giving you guys a little smile when you guys are speaking about the Suns now when we look at dynasty we need to look at two things organization and players organization as you mentioned they got Monty Williams he's one of only two coaches who's part of the Olympic, Olympic team coaching squad that's in the NBA the only other one is Tom Tebow free agents look out another thing is that they've got James James Jones in the background and he is making bold moves it may not necessarily be the right things but he is trying different things and seeing what you can do with this phoenix organization then we get to the players Devin booker we know he's a star they've got chris paul now as a leader who hopefully be able to teach those young bucks how to perform and go an elite level they've also got ayton who's progressing the last couple of years and he's still only 22 you've got uh, bridges who's who's doing really well shooting. And you've also got Cam Johnson, who is overdrafted, but is an elite shooter now and is doing really, really well for that team as well. I believe uh, he's got the best plus minus on the Suns and he's shooting 38% from three at six a game. I think Phoenix could win a couple.
1: Another interesting. Another compelling argument. Uh, I I like it. I like both of them a lot. Um, I think we can probably agree that at current, the Nets are a little bit further along uh, towards getting a chip, um, which, you know, gives them the, the short term advantage. Uh, but in this, in this case, what swayed me is that, that uh, Team USA, the fact that Monty coaches that Team USA, for sure Devin Booker is going to be part of that whole group. And I think uh based on that, I love the wild card pick of obviously once Chris Paul retires, as you mentioned, Jordan, uh the Suns could pick someone out. So Ed's taking this one.
0: Jordan you, you might want to throw that in the bed, man. Frozen. He's, frozen. he's frozen fury. He's yeah. broke but he's also he's frozen out by the yeah. argument.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was about to say, but it's going to look like I rage
0: quit. <laughs> you, is it, can you still return the jacket? Is that right? Turn <laughs> no. the labels off.
5: <laughs> still says New Jersey
3: Nets. For when we do win. <laughs> <laughs> jersey Nets. The decade ain't over yet.
0: <laughs> Let, let's go. Oh, cool.
1: I was going to say, they might they might get the first one, but uh, yeah, the can go the distance.
5: But... The West is just such a bloodbath. The West I'm, is I'm sorry, stacked.
3: Yeah. Playoffs, right? If, anyway. they, they've got the time before they're, they're built there. Just saying. They could get four and then they've got to get, what, like five, six?
1: I mean, one, funnily enough, we yeah. say the West is stacked.
3: But, like,
1: in the, in the East, there is, like, the top 12 teams could all make it. Whereas in the West, like there is a gap already emerging between the top 10 and
5: everyone else. Yeah, but I think that's just depth. I think if we're looking at top championship contenders, I think in the West, it's so much deeper. Like, who are actual, actual contenders? Or could be contenders.
0: Let's head to the second matchup. I am actually one of the participants along with uh, the Periantic Express. And Lancashire-Lambier,
4: you're going to be heading this. So, yeah, let us know what the question is. Cool. So, in the UK, schools reopen today after some easing of lockdown restrictions. But what I want to know is which NBA star, past or present, would you want to teach you a few lessons in the game of basketball? Right. So, Alex, you're up first. We've got a minute on the clock. I'll count you down. Three, two, one. Off you go.
0: My pick is Larry Bird. So this guy, he wasn't he wasn't the person who could run, the, uh, jump the highest, and run the fastest, uh, but he's one of the most smartest players in history, and his intelligence on the court is really something to be- behold. He's one of the best small forwards in a game. He can teach you so much. Four times MVP, three times champion, two times finals MVP. Uh, in his career, he averaged 24 points per game, 10 rebounds, six assists, 1.7 steals, and one blocks. That's great numbers in all major departments. He had shooting splits of 50% from field goal, 38% from free, and 89% from the line. So we all know his jumper is pure. And then he knows how to manage different personalities. He, he coached the Pacers. They went to three straight Eastern Conference finals. He pushed the balls to seven games. He also won Coach of the Year in 1998. And he won Executive of the Year in 2012. So he knows about the business of the game. And then finally, to top it off, uh, he's got confidence now. Narrow- no has oh, my winning doors open <laughs> you
4: got you got a decent amount of points in there though so I won't worry too much Um Wildy what do you have to follow you want me to count you down count me down baby three two one go
2: alright so if I'm going to be taught a few lessons by somebody in the NBA I'm going to want to be taught by somebody who is a similar height to me in the same build so that he can Teach me how he got around some of his, not even defects, that's the wrong word, but limitations in terms of physical attributes. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's Chris Paul. The dude is 11-time All-Star, lead the league in steals six times, which is now put him 13th overall all-time. Nine NBA All-Stars, his rookie year. Um, He is somebody who was one of the um, front leaders of the league in terms of decisions being made, like with the bubble and everything like that. He's also very well versed oh. in the uh, in the business side of things, and as a, has been well documented on this show, any team he goes to is better. He actually enjoys having bigger guys switched on to him because it encourages him to shoot the ball higher, um, making it more likely for the shot to go in. Those kind of little nuggets are incredible, and in the kind of things. Well,
4: oh. oh, they were two difficult ones. They were both really good arguments, especially because you both kind of spoke about their own playing advantages and then also how they've both coached other people individually. Um, Wildy, I like your um, little twist on the fact that he's the same build as you. So he can, he knows exactly what you'd need. Yes. And then Alex, I liked how you mentioned his coaching and obviously like, I think you're going to make the point about him like um, running a few teams as well. So, He's got levels. He's experienced at all levels of the game. Layers. So, yeah. Oh, I might... I'm going to... It's a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to side with Alex just purely because of the different layers yeah. that um, Larry Bird has to the game. Yeah. Chris Paul might get there in the future. Who knows? Yeah. But at this moment, it's uh, it's Bird. Yeah, He's and and, and had enough of your shit. And Jordan didn't like it.
0: And yeah. didn't like it. <laughs> Nah, that was awesome. I
5: enjoyed that. Yeah, I was hoping you would bring in Larry Bird's coaching stuff.
0: I've, I admit, The bit I was going to talk about is his trash talking. So I was going to close that out and say, yeah, and he can teach
5: you how to trash talk. <laughs> but yeah. I'm surprised neither, oh, I thought Phil Jackson would have been a nice shout. Zen master.
3: <laughs> I, To oh, be fair, I...
0: Wildy, I actually, I was, I was gonna go humor route. I was gonna pick Uncle
3: Drew. <laughs> oh, I was thinking <laughs> that. I was um, thinking
0: yeah, I was, but I was like, mm, I don't don't, don't read blood. No, you you made the right call. Shoot your shot uh, again. Never disappoint. So Ed and I got the wins. Um, great arguments across the board. So we are going to talk about NBA All-Star which happened over the weekend. Um Ed, do you want to do you want to lead this segment in terms of like what you want to talk about? Um does anybody want to start any any key takeaways uh
5: that they want to bring up about this weekend?
2: Jonas and I
5: I got on it. Oh, cuz the th- the thing I want to talk about is the thing that happened first if we're doing in chronological order of the actual event and just um, I'm not sure if it's me being a hater but fuck's sake Kenny Smith just annoys the fuck out of me most times rather than not he's so jarring to listen to gosh um, when
2: Drake sort of uh, violated a lot him of at, hmm. at,
5: when um, what's his face when Drake violated him in the um, I can't remember if it was the ESPYs or the NBA I think it was the NBA Awards when, when Drake on, violated yeah. him it was Might so good
0: I, yeah that is. the most expendable member
5: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as Shaq said, it ain't about Nick, it's about Kenny walking around like he thinks he is some sort of legend. Like, 100% true. Um, but I mean, it's cool. Like, I, me, and, me and Alex were having this, this discussion. Alex doesn't like Richard Jefferson and likes Kenny Smith. And I'm the opposite. I don't mind Richard Jefferson because he knows what he is. He knows he's being a troll. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Kenny Smith annoys me because I don't think he has that self awareness. But anyway, a couple of things he was saying during the broadcast they were talking about the Moneyball ball rack. And he was saying, oh how for him. Um if you're a shooter, just put the mo- put the um put the money balls anywhere. Like I'm a shooter, I don't care, put the balls anywhere. I'm like, shut the fuck up. What the fuck are you on about? Like <laughs> and then he also said during, then, Kenny Smith. he also <laughs> yeah. said during the um during the skills skill show, Dan. So uh, Chris Paul and Luca had a buy, and then all those other bigs, they had to do their thing. He said in a broadcast during the semis, is like, oh man, if, if Chris Paul and Don- Donchich, neither of them make it to the finals, I'm leaving. I'm taking a taxi home. I'm leaving. And then the first game happens, and Luca's there, like lazy, just doing whatever. He loses to Sabonis. And then it's Fuoch versus Chris Paul. Chris Paul blows the layup. Vooch uh, hits the three. And then didn't didn't refer to it and i'm no way yeah kenny go on fuck off leave go on bring some better in like go on leave um and then twitter obviously killed him for it Um, he didn't leave he unfortunately was still there even during the three point three point contest um that was just another thing oh what else did he say it's oh yes yeah. well what's so
2: guess, silly about that skills thing is that big guys always win it and like he should know
5: that and yeah. he said oh man like point guards should win it oh he also said Man, if I was Chris Ball, or uh, if I was a point guard, I'll never let like a center beat me something in a skills challenge. I'm like, fuck off. Like <laughs> and then he was talking about, then he was talking about how um ah, uh, like in when I was playing in the West, like you had Drexler and you had Jordan, blah, 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 and then you had like one other point guard, one other guard. So like, like that's why I never made it. I'm like, mate, shut up. You're never like okay, you're a role player, you did your thing, but like calm the fuck down. He also said uh, about Julius Randle, he was like Oh, uh, my son, who's like twenty four, has never seen the Knicks be good. Like in twenty years, the Knicks have never been good. I'm like, hold on, did you f- Did you forget wow. what Melo did? Did you forget that they made it to the playoffs? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Clout chasing and then Twitter again had to go at him for that as well. But I don't know. I just I just had to get that off my chest, and it just really annoyed me watching the broadcast because you can't mute him. Like I think it's like Undisputed. I just want to watch Undisputed, but skip muted. If there was a if they released videos of Undisputed of just Shannon or the guests love it and I think yeah anyway I just got so I to get that off my chest no but it is so one true about recall.
0: beauty so true
2: <laughs> one Go more in on. about him saying he would never let a centre beat him in a skills challenge he played with arguably one of the skilled big men of all time in Hakeem Olajuwon but and, wait, I, I bet on Elijah one beating
3: Kenny Smith in a skills challenge <laughs>
5: And I hate those sort of players. Who are like, man, that will never happen to me. Like, it, I mean, you'd get it in American football and basketball. Is like, man, that will never happen to me. I'll never let that go. When Kenny, when Kenny Smith, you know, was the one who got a jump hit on him by uh, Justin Timberlake. So, <laughs> I bet a lot of players are like, man, that will never happen to me. Justin Timberlake will never hit a jumper in my face. But yeah, you know. sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, you killed off.
0: him. That was great closing line. Great closing line. Uh,
2: so I just uh, I know we will get to the three point competition. Just if you're going to talk about takeaways from the weekend as a whole to start us off, just um, Curry having got to this like goat status of a sh- as a shooter to the point where Mike Connolly can come out and surprise everybody, I, I believe, and get an incredible score. Yet he's walking off and laughing because he just knows it's not going to be enough to beat Steph Curry. Um, he yeah, got a little edgy in the, in the second in the finals, uh, Yeah, he made him work for it, but just all the guys they just have so much love and respect for how good of a shooter he is that they're all just smiling and, and waiting and watching for them to kick, kick their ass, it's just great <laughs> when you reach that point just the respect is just so awesome, man. I love it
3: um, I, yeah, I have to uh, add on to that I feel like um, All-Star Weekend is literally made for Steph Curry like, even when you see him in the proper game, he seems like he's having the most fun out of everyone <laughs> there. <laughs> it's just, it's when, when, like, all the stuff he's doing, the shots, and then turning around, and then pretending yeah. to play defence, and then running away on, like, that old one, like, a couple of years. back. like, it, I feel when, like the All-Star Weekend is just, like, all stuff. Huh?
2: When, he, when he fumbles the ball against Levine... Yeah, and you, you hear? He was like, "Ah!" Like, <laughs> I was, it's so good. Like, I'm oh fucking up so much. It's
3: just I, literally his weekend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, y- Yana's <laughs> obviously won MVP, but a big winner from the entertainment standpoint.
3: Yeah, is Curry for me. Stand up, Yeah, yeah. I definitely I, agree. Curry,
0: Curry, the winner of, of also weekend for me as well. He, we, I think we just need to appreciate how great he is while he's here. I'd like just to recognise how good he is. And like you said, turning around when he's made a shot is ludicrous. Like that would never get old. Um, I've got some things to run, the, uh, run by you guys. And I just thought this, I thought it'd be really funny to see. So talking about the greatest shooters, I would love to see the worst shooters in the league uh, battle it out in a three-point competition. <laughs> I've just got so, so. first, first off, right, I'm putting Ben Simmons has to be in this. I want to see this. Like, I want to see him actually go through the racks. But the the three worst shooters in the league. I, can anybody guess them first off?
5: It Does it have to be a certain amount of attempts? So they have to have. A uh, I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Is Westbrook one of them?
0: No. But okay, I read. I read out. So can you, what, can you give some clues? Because I, I, I don't um, want to get this. One yeah. of the players actually featured in the Skills Challenge.
5: Rand, no, not Randall. Covington. Um, Correct.
0: Covington, oh. is, Covington is shooting 28% from three. And he's supposed to be a 3 and D guy. In second yeah. place is Wildy's boy from your worst team.
5: I was going to say, is Gary Clark in there? I'm hoping Gary Clark might be there.
2: Wait, hang on. Who's your oh, worst team? Jeremy. Well, it's no. okay. Oh, Detroit, obviously.
0: Sorry. Who's your, who's your guy off the bench?
2: Jackson.
0: Josh Jackson. Josh wow. Jackson is second oh, and what? first oh, by by first. And can I say this? This is by a five percent lead in first. That's a lot is um is the guy that uh he he dropped forty points a couple months ago. Um, this team acquired him. He used play to play for the Suns last year. Left-handed. Oh,
2: uh, uh, no. Went to went to uh, Toronto.
0: No, nope. still in the West. Plays beside the best, the greatest shooter ever.
1: Oh, Wiggins.
5: <laughs>
0: no. uh, Oubre. Yeah, Oubre. Uh, U- Oubre. Oh, Ubre. 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 Ubre is averaging twenty three percent from three. Oh my god. So I would love for me personally. I would absolutely love to see the worst three-point shooters. Just go around the rack and see how bad they are. I've
3: just got a scene from the movie Along Came Polly. Make it rain, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I
2: I saw a comment about that that was so true. He's so... He makes... He looks so bad playing it, but it looks like he... I don't know what the wording was, but... The theory is he's actually really good at basketball because yeah. he's, like, doing certain things that he knows what's ah. terrible, which must mean he knows what's good. <laughs>
3: like, yeah, I got I'd you. I'd like
2: yeah. to know if he was actually, like, good for his size and whatever. <laughs>
5: oh, man. oh I, th- I thought we were talking about <laughs> Kelly Hubery. I, th- I still thought we <laughs> <been like> were <laughs> talking about Kelly Hubery. We talk.
3: <laughs> yeah, nah,
0: that's
3: a bit man. savage. I, that, uh, yeah. no, I, I genuinely didn't know. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I want
3: to see. Mm. And can we just bring up from the All-Star the half-court shots from Curry and Lillard? Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, like, oh. absolutely insane. It actually made Paul George admit that the Lillard shot over him was a good shot. <laughs> yeah, so that. The,
1: I mean, uh, that's what Paul
5: George
1: it, says. It was a bit of a contrast to last year, I thought, though, because they were actually making the shots. I feel mm. like they took, they tried to take him last year and just, one-hitting him, whereas, like, for them to actually be making those is absurd. And, like, I love the the kind of juxtaposition between the fun-loving Steph Curry laughing and Dane is just stone cold all the time. Like, it's, like, and and at the end of the the All-Star game, as well, he was, like, trying to sneak in and steal that MVP off, yeah
3: like
1: he was he was making some plays he was getting some big shots so right at the end
2: the game winner Curry came down missed the game winner and then Lillard came back and hit it as Alex said at the top Um, and uh, I was I really thought if Curry hit that game winner that might have put him over Uh, what do you guys think on that?
0: I
5: wanted Curry to win it yeah, I just can't take it seriously when Giannis is hitting these three-pointers that go off the backboard. It's really annoying me when I watch it. Yeah, like, I mean, no, no, I mean, it doesn't I know he count. It doesn't doesn't mean it. Every, right now,
1: everyone, I doesn't mean everyone's it. like, oh, he was 16-16. for 16. He made 14 dunks and banked in 2-3. Like, yeah.
5: let's chill. <laughs> yeah. Do you see the commentary like, Giannis, no, no, no. Yes, Giannis, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Wildy, I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw this, but when uh, Lillard had the ball and he was driving it up, Steph was waving goodbye. Like he was like, "Yeah, it's already in. It's nuts."
2: Oh, that's yeah.
0: You yes! can see it? It's it's so it. So yeah. It. Search it oh, up, We'll see it later. Yeah. That's so. For, bro. Um,
3: that's. Fine. Like Another you mentioned about worked. Lillard being stone cold. Did you see it when it cut to um Lillard after Curry did the turnaround shot? He had day, like a kind of white look on his like, head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, if you're Lillard, like because that's the first quarter to start of the
3: game, all the starters are out. Yeah. You're on the bench. I'd be. Yeah, no, in. that's fair. That is fair. Especially,
0: especially as Luca actually didn't turn up to any oh. part of All Star Week.
3: <laughs> oh. Just phoning it in.
0: Like, I, I respect it because, you know, they, they need rest, but he just didn't turn up at all.
1: <laughs> he played, like, quite a lot. He played a fair few minutes in that All-Star yeah. game, but he just didn't realise he was out there.
0: Yeah, yes. I didn't realise at all. Correct. Yeah.
1: Also, Zion. But-
0: oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no.
3: must have
1: oh, been out. Poor no. no. no, guy. They must have been drinking because they, no, no they weren't ready.
5: He's a great kid. He's going to be an amazing player. I just find it so funny. Like I, I just started laughing. I was like, "Oh, it's so bad."
2: Yeah.
5: Zach, Zach we, Levine. We
2: definitely.
0: laugh with love. We laugh with the love. Zach Levine was definitely out drinking. You saw in oh, his eyes, bro. Dude, his eyes okay. look real.
1: Yeah.
0: Matt, what? Um, what did you think? Like, is this which all star is this for you? Like, how many all stars have you watched? Like, where does um, it? Where does it rank?
4: Probably like the fourth, maybe I've watched. I like the um, by like the alley heaps that they did to like Chris Paul and Steph did to each other. Yeah, that was, that great. was pretty oh sick God. when they were doing that. Um, you sort of forget yeah. like how athletic every player is
0: because Chris Paul mm. doesn't do that on a day to day space basis, and then when he does that, you're like, oh my, yeah, like
5: <laughs> Steph Curry's 6'4 as well. Like, you never think he's that tall, mm. yeah,
4: but yeah, like it's it, it seemed different. Um from what I saw of the dunk contest, obviously didn't seem as good as last year's one with Aaron Gordon. But hey, you're not going to get it. every dunk contest isn't going to be unbelievable. But mm. yeah, the three point three point contest was my ended the day went to the last shot, didn't it, for Steph to yeah. get the win. So yeah, it's still just as entertaining. Obviously, they're missing the fans though. So once they're back, it'll be much better.
0: Yeah. So all star, great points. Obviously. Chef Curry, the goat, I think he stole the spotlight. But Yanis ends up going with the MVP. Uh, But now, yeah, now we're getting to nitty-gritty where the real real winning matters. So, yeah, that uh, wraps it up for week 12 on the sick man. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, From myself, sick man, and all the other GMs, it is over and out. Peace.